0: episode of bam weekly that's boris and matt weekly we're your hosts i'm boris and i'm joined by
1: matt bonjour how's everybody doing out there we hope you're doing well boris it's feels like it's gonna rain in toronto hopefully we don't get uh hit by lightning here and uh lose our podcast like has happened in the past but uh Man, how are you doing today? How are you hanging in there?
0: I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing great. I'm in a great mood. I'm happy. There's so much going on in the world right now. Um, Sports-wise, wrestling-wise, entertainment-wise, it's a good time for everything and every anything and everything. So on this week's BAM, we're going to be talking about the glory time of sports because we have MLB playoffs. We have some NFL chatter, NBA kickoff. And then in the wrestling side of things We have a special preview To this weekend's Bound for Glory 2021 That's on Saturday It's the biggest show of the year That's Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory We're going to be talking MLW, ROH And then we are going to The main event is going to be New Japan Pro Wrestling The Climax of the G1 Climax And we're going to talk about the show That we watched earlier this morning
1: yeah, we can't dilly dally too much because there's so many things to cover. But oh man, the, the New Japan Gods giveth and the New Japan Gods taketh away, Boris. What, a, what an incredibly emotional uh, uh, roller coaster of a G1 climax final this morning. So many things going on. Yep, it was a crazy show. And before we get into the sports talk,
0: I want to take a second and just want to thank Bob Kapoor of Slam Wrestling for coming on. Uh he's gonna join us in a little bit, and we're gonna be talking about impact with him because as I'm going to say, he's either the number one fan or their one fan.
1: <laughs> Rude. Drive by shot to impact wrestling, but I like it. Impact <laughs> is gonna take a shot every now and then. So wait a exactly. so waiter i
0: think they've accepted that right but like you know at the same time i feel like impact needs a little more respect they need some more eyes and i'm hoping that that happens this weekend because you just saw the card it's a stacked card
1: yeah absolutely it is it is a pretty good show for impact wrestling as impact wrestling shows go man it's not that bad All right, we're going to jump to
0: NFL talk because I know you don't really want to talk too much NFL (laughs) because our Dolphins might make the biggest mistake of their franchise. Well, maybe the second biggest mistake. I think when we got Dante Culpepper as quarterback was the biggest mistake when we said no to Drew Brees.
1: Yeah, that was the biggest Dolphins mistake of my lifetime. And like the Tua thing is whatever. Uh, That's a mistake too. But yeah, I really don't want to be the team that trades for, I don't want to cheer for the team that trades for Deshaun Watson. And it seems like the Dolphins are circling Deshaun Watson again. I already cheer for the Montreal Canadiens, and they drafted Logan Maier, which was a big to-do, Boris. So yeah, it's just, why are my teams the ones who are just, what's next? We're going to sign OJ Simpson, LOL. Probably not. I don't think he can run anymore.
0: <laughs> uh, unless it's from the law.
1: <laughs> Banumchings. Yeah, man, but uh <laughs> It's uh, just rough times for the Dolphins. Also, I, as long as, uh, longtime BAM listeners will remember, I traded for Christian McCaffrey in a league, and he immediately went on the IR. But, yeah. Boris, I would still do that trade again. I traded Kyle Pitts and Sam Darnold for him, and Sam Darnold has kind of taken the old downward uh, tumble. And McCaffrey hopefully will be back for the fantasy playoffs, so I would still do that trade, but goddamn you, football, you know? <laughs>
0: this has been such like a win-lose type of week for you like when i saw that injury i forgot to mention it to you and laugh at you because it was like you were so proud
1: you were so proud i was so proud i was also my roommate fleetwood brown is a big cleveland browns fan and uh his team is not looking so great either. Nick Chubb, one of the best and most exciting running backs, hurt. Kareem Hunt, also hurt. Baker Mayfield, who is not one of the best and most exciting uh, quarterbacks, but he does get a lot of ad time. He's hurt. Uh, Odell Beckham's not quite the same person. Man, it's just a, it's it's hard times. It, yep. The football sport is a rough sport, man, and these guys go down with injury, and it sucks. All
0: right, there's three games I want to talk about quickly. Number one, poor London fans they got the the all elite game the Jacksonville Jaguars 0 20 <laughs> in their last 20 versus the Miami Dolphins and somehow somehow our dolphins had to be the team to give the win to the Jaguars
1: yeah looking at a draft pick this year but yeah hey such is life uh, good for good for Jacksonville tip of the cap to the con family and uh they actually got a not I wouldn't call it a good game, but I think it was an entertaining game. Yeah. Some crazy moments at least.
0: Yes, at the very least, right? And that's the thing about like NFL football um that you know sometimes it's those really bad two teams that can give you an entertaining game just because they're at the same level. All right, so that's number 1. Number 2. I feel you know you know what fan base I feel sorry for the most? Besides the Dolphins, the Detroit what? Lions.
1: <laughs> Oh, poor Lions. Yeah, Lions got their ass kicked by the Bengals last week. Not yeah. what you want to see, Boris. Yep. Not what you want to see. And then, shocking for me, the Bills lost. That was a really good game, and these things happen. Football is, you know, the, the, if the Titans would have lost that game, that could have been their whole season. Like, the Titans really needed that game. and uh, You can't win them all. You know, but I, I agree with that. It is a surprising result, but that was a very good game, hard fought. I bet if they played that game ten times, Buffalo wins seven. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah and I, I love the I love how they tried to go for the laterals again.
1: <laughs> Definitely, shout out to the uh, to the past. Also, we all we we do this thing where we ignore the Patriots, but uh, awesome game between the Cowboys and the Patriots went to overtime. It was the two public teams, the Dallas Cowboys. America's team versus America's most hated team, the New England Patriots, and man, that was that was a great football game.
0: Yeah, it really was. It really was. Man, the Patriots I think have some of the worst luck this year. They are their record does not reflect how good or bad they actually are.
1: I I agree with that. Yeah. But uh, hey man, they're uh, it's karma for once striking back on Bill Belichick. Yep. All right, so that's
0: that. Let's move on to some MLB. You know, Dude, every team we predicted to move on lost, (laughs) except for the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, the, the Dodgers are hanging tough. But, yeah, that's the baseball playoffs, man. You never know with these things. I don't think many people thought the Red Sox would have done so well. And it looked like they were going to blow the doors off Houston. But then Houston just came back and started blowing the doors off them. like, you never know what you're going to get from game to game in this, in this crazy baseball playoff, especially in the AL. It's yeah, been insane. The,
0: the AL is crazy right now. The NL, here's the thing about the NL. The Dodgers, look, I'm going to give a lot of credit to Atlanta Braves. They've built a fantastic franchise from the ground up. Um, You know, they have some fantastic young players. It's insane how young that team is when you take a look at the roster, similar to the Blue Jays, right? But, Roberts, the worst manager in all of baseball beside Charlie Montoya. Like, this is ridiculous he has no idea what he's doing he like you know his pit his bullpen he just not managing that bullpen whatsoever (laughs) they are exhausted they're exhausted when scherzer goes out and says my arm is i have dead arm right now let's put him on like as little
1: rest as humanly possible like what are you doing (laughs) that's yeah well they uh He's a horse and they uh, they're riding their horses. They are feeling the loss of Kershaw, I do think, in this in this postseason. Yeah, that's clear. Okay. Say what you will about Kershaw and his postseason record, but they're feeling his absence right now. You know who else's absence I'm feeling right now?
0: And you Who's that? can say what you want about his playoff record, and that's David Price. He's not even on the roster right now.
1: That's a really good call, too. Definitely having that warm human body would be a lot of help
0: yeah but that that's the Dodgers. so that's mlb talk um uh atlanta braves <laughs> leading three to one and then houston and uh boston what is it uh three two for houston it
1: yeah three two for houston yes and uh yeah so thursday night eight eastern the braves play the dodgers and uh Friday night, 8 Eastern. Houston plays the Red Sox. They will both play on Saturday if uh, both of those series continue. I hope we get at least two games on Saturday. That'll be good. So let's go, Dodgers. And God help me, let's go, Red Sox.
0: All right. And like I said, this is the glory time of sports. We have playoffs, you have new seasons starting, and a new season just started two nights ago. And that is the NBA season. So, Matt. You love writing stuff down. You love making bold predictions that we can shoot down <laughs> because it, all of this is recorded, and I am keeping tab of everything we say. So, let's right. talk some NBA.
1: So yeah, we're gonna quickly go through Boris. I'm gonna go through my uh, my NBA rankings here. Go through the playoffs. Give my awards. We'll go as fast as possible. You tell me if I'm tripping balls. So the so in the in the in the basketball sport now in the NBA we have a play-in round. So basically ten teams in each conference out of 15, make the playoffs now. Okay. So I'm going to stop you right there. How do you feel (laughs) about that? Just let's get that. Let's,
0: let's have this conversation right now. How do you feel about the play in round?
1: You know what is funny? I, I don't like it in basketball, but I would like it in hockey. I think hockey needs it because hockey has the the overtime loser point and so many teams have such inflated point totals that I think the NHL needs it more than the NBA. NBA is just straight up win-loss and I like the fact that like the top eight go on and the, you know what I mean? But ah uh, whatever they're adding revenue the playing games are very exciting i don't hate the. i don't hate it i don't hate the format let's it's fine it's it's okay i would i would take it out if you gave me my choice or i would just put it in the nhl yep because they're the ones who really need it if you're going to do it exactly
0: i agree with you 100 percent. it's the win loss versus the win loss tie overtime win or whatever the hell it is anyways let's talk <laughs> nba let's talk um predictions matt take it over
1: Okay, so yeah, I, in no order, in the in the Eastern Conference, here are the five teams that I have missing the playoffs: Orlando, Detroit, Cleveland, and the Washington Wizards, who just blew the doors off of Boris, our Toronto Raptors. They blew the
0: doors off, but the Raptors made a couple interesting runs to at least make a game out of it, in like with four or five minutes left in the fourth.
1: Yeah, it, uh, basketball is a sport of runs. But, yeah, they did not run enough, unfortunately. So, yeah, Washington, Toronto, Cleveland, Detroit, Orlando. Sorry, Raptors, but I don't think – I just think there's a lot of – some good teams in the East. I don't think the Raptors will make the playoffs this so, year. I so, agree with
0: all of those except for one one key team that you named. That's Orlando.
1: You think Orlando's going to be good th- this I, year? I don't think they're going to be
0: good. I think they're going to be the type of team that's going to squeak into eighth.
1: Okay, I can or, see that. Or to I, tenth or whatever. They, they're they uh they would need a big year out of Markel faults they would need someone to take a really big step up it's not insane but I don't know I, I could also see them being the worst team like I think I personally think they might be closer might be closer to the worst than eighth now we'll see though
0: yeah at the same uh, time I think that the difference between 10th and sorry eighth ninth 10th 11th and twelfth Dude, I think it's going to be a very interesting season. And I think just like, you know, when in MLB they started having two wildcard teams, I think it's going to make for at the very least intriguing television.
1: I think yeah, I definitely think you're right about that, man. That's why it's in. Anyway, so let's go through it. Brooklyn's gonna finish first in the East. They're sick. If uh, even if Kevin Durant misses 20 games, if Harden is healthy and plays a full season, which realistically should happen, he, he's pretty reliable in that way. I think Brooklyn is easily gonna romp to like 55 to 60 wins. Brooklyn first, Milwaukee second. I like Miami three. Atlanta 4, the Knicks 5. I like the Knicks this year. A little more than the Celtics at 6. Here's the play in Philadelphia, Chicago, Charlotte, and Indiana. So that's the top 10 in the East. Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, Atlanta, New York, Boston, Philly, Chicago, Charlotte, Indiana. Indiana. Those are your ten playoff teams in the East.
0: All right. There's one team I want to talk about, and this is the team that, in my opinion, is the wild card of the wild card, and that's Philadelphia. I think Ben uh Ben Simmons is gonna to be too much of a distraction to the team.
1: Oh, well, absolutely. It's gonna yeah, I, I think if Embiid misses any games, they're totally toast. They're completely screwed. Um Ben Simmons is going to be a distraction. They're going to trade him in the middle of the season and I think they're going to be way better in the second half than they are in the first half. Yep. Yeah, it's it's and the same can be said about
0: Brooklyn, right? Like the, that 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 whole situation, the Kyrie Irving situation, the I'm not getting a vaccine so you're not playing, you're not going to be involved in the team situation is being turned into a huge political thing and certain groups are 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 kind of praising this guy at this point, which is kind of funny if you know kind of where his political beliefs are but i think what i'm trying to say i think that brooklyn is also going to get a lot of attention but
1: they're in new york city so i think they can just power through it i think what you're trying to say is you never be you never want to be on the same side as donald trump jr but that's neither here nor there boris um Okay, so yeah, I I agree with exa- I agree with everything you said, though. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot to deal with, but I think Brooklyn's kind of getting back to basketball, and that's kind of why they they cast Kyrie aside for the season at least. Anyway, so that's my that's my East. Uh, quickly in the West, I think that this is this is an easy ten. If New Orleans is good, but I'm I'm worried New Orleans is going to have the year from hell. They, there's worried. There's talk that Zion has come in like 30 pounds overweight and yeah. he's missing time, and this could be a really bad year for New Orleans. I was reading so a I report actually,
0: earlier today that apparently he went into camp over 300 pounds.
1: Yeah, which uh, he's a basketball player. He's not a he's not a WWE wrestler. You know what I mean? Like. So that gives me concern. So I do think the Pelicans will miss the playoffs. So here are my five teams who are out in the West. New Orleans, bad. San Antonio, bad this year. Oklahoma City, still bad. Houston, bad. And I think Minnesota is still pretty bad, Boris. And I think Minnesota is going to finish 11th. It just barely missed the playoffs in the West.
0: Yep, agreed. Agreed with you 100% on those. Now, who are your top 10?
1: Top 10. Number one, Utah, I think, is going to win the West again just by way of being a really strong regular season team. Number two, Lakers. This is why they got Russ. Help coast them through the regular season. Number three?
0: No. No. No, no, no. I think, okay, let's go through your list, and then I will give you why I think Lakers aren't going to be number two.
1: Okay, fair enough. So number one, Utah. Number two, the Lakers. Number three, I think the Warriors are going to put it all together, finish as high as third. Number four, Denver. Number five, Phoenix. Number six, I like Memphis to finish a little higher than people think. Number seven, Dallas. You can't put Luka any lower than seven. It might still be too low low for Luka, but we're going to put him there. Number eight, Portland. Number nine, the Clippers minus Kawhi until playoff time. And number 10, the Sacramento Kings I think are going to squeak in over Minnesota barely.
0: Yep. Yep. That list sounds pretty good except for the Lakers. I think the Lakers aren't I think they're going to be at the top eight um getting home uh field advantage a home court advantage I should say, but I don't think they're going to finish one or two and because they are not spring chickens anymore. I think That's true. the Lakers are yeah. going to be play smart i think they're going to give certain key players like mellow like lebron certain days off they're gonna lose those games by a shit ton they're gonna squeak into the playoffs get home court advantage but the lakers market they are built for the playoffs
1: I agree with that part, man, but uh, I do think that just looking who is in the West, Phoenix might still be actually so good that they, I'm kind of underrating, I think Phoenix is going to take a slight step back in the season, we'll see, it's really hard to predict the NBA season, but I think the playoffs will shake down a little truer, here are my playoffs, so in the play-in round, in the East, Philly and Chicago will make it through, in the West, Dallas and the Clippers will make it through. So that leaves us with a first round of the NBA playoffs. Brooklyn over Chicago. There's going to be a Philadelphia-Milwaukee series that I have circled here, Boris. We're going to get back to this one. Miami's going to beat Boston. We're going to get a replay of the Knicks and Atlanta first round series. That was so awesome last year. But this year, Trey Young loses. Spike Lee vanquishes Trey Young.
0: Yep, yep. That's going to be interesting.
1: So this Philly versus Milwaukee series, Milwaukee defending champions. Giannis is a one man show. They do have other guys, obviously. They do have Drew, and uh, they do have some. uh, Chris Middleton is awesome, but it's a one man show. It's Giannis. I think they're going to be a little tired, and Philly's going to make that late season trade. I think Philly upsets Milwaukee in round one of the playoffs. I'm calling it now.
0: Nice. I can see that. I can honestly see that happening because, like you you said it right there, Giannis. Like. It is a one-man show in Milwaukee. Say what you want. There's only one person who literally brings them the championship. Yeah, exactly right.
1: Exactly right. Speaking of crazy upsets, Kawhi's coming back for the playoffs. So Clippers over Utah, of course, given. Lakers versus Dallas would be a first-round series in this universe. I'm taking the Lakers in seven hard-fought games there. Wouldn't it surprise me to see Luca upset Braun if that comes to pass. There would be a Golden State versus Memphis series, which would be awesome. I'm taking Golden State over Memphis. And Denver over Phoenix. I really just, I think Phoenix is fake. I I don't believe in Phoenix yet, despite the fact that they made the final last year. Prove so the, me
0: wrong, son. So they're the Belgium of the NBA.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. I guess that makes. Uh, what does that make? Devin Booker, Lukaku? I don't. I don't know enough about soccer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly it. That's exactly Thanks. it. Thumbs uh. up. Okay. <laughs> So second, second round of the playoffs, I would have Brooklyn over the Knicks and a Philly-Miami series. And if I'm riding Philly, I'm going to go Philly over Miami. Then we would get a Clippers-Denver series. And I think the Clippers would avenge their loss to Denver in the playoffs a couple years ago. We're going Kawhi Death Beast mode. Lakers-Golden State series, that's another tough one. I'm going Lakers. I'm going the L.A. Uh, final Lakers versus Clippers in the West and in the East, Brooklyn versus Philly. And we're going to get the Brooklyn Lakers final. And Boris, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, and maybe Kyrie Irving, but probably not, are going to win the NBA title. Brooklyn over Lakers in six games, winning the title, hoisting the belt in the Staples Center
0: you bastard that last part I know I can honestly see that happening to be 100 percent honest um yeah Philly or Brooklyn are my two choices for the east and the LAs for the West what happens there I don't know I can't predict but that's that so those are your NBA predictions for this year here on bam Matt I think we should go into wrestling because we have tons of wrestling to cover.
1: Uh, yeah, I 1 million percent agree. Let's actually uh, quickly before we go. MVP Durant, six man of the year. I kind of like Jordan Poole from Golden State, swaggy Poole, although he might start too many games to qualify. Most improved since we're Toronto boys, Boris, we got to put our fucking hats in the OG and Inobi yep. ring. OG. OG, go get that most improved trophy, young man.
0: Agreed. Agreed 100%. Um, Yeah, so, okay, we're going to move on to wrestling right now because, like I said, we have tons to cover. MLW, ROH, New Japan, Impact. Man, we watch way too much wrestling. But (laughs) before we do that, I do want to talk about the uh, PWI Women's 150 Pro Wrestling Illustrated um, surprisingly, released a list of the top 150 female performers for 2021, and I have the top 10 right here in front of me. Let's go through them. Um, so, number 10, Raquel Gonzalez from NXT, our home girl. Um, number nine, we have Tam Nakano from Stardom. From number eight, Io Shirai from NXT. Number seven, uh, Sai Rui from Sayuri. From Stardom, number six Sasha Banks WWE, number five Thunder Rosa AEW, number four Britt Baker AEW, number three Diana Peraza from Impact, number two Utami Hayashi Shichita Stardom, and number one Bianca Belair WWE.
1: So these are kayfabe rankings, right? Like K-fabe. they're meant to be yes. if if wrestling were real, kind of rankings. Yeah. So. I respect, uh, I kind of, I, I like the top two, I can see it for sure, I think, God bless her, we love Thunder Rosa around here, Thunder Rosa's way too high because she loses all the time, and that's not, it's, it's not her fault, it's fake, but like, she's a great performer, but nobody ever books her to win wrestling yeah. matches, number so six, how could she be so
0: high? Yeah, number six, Sasha Banks, she missed more than half the year, how can she be on this list?
1: pretty ridiculous but uh you know it's pwi uh, they're uh they're just for funsies basically
0: yeah exactly uh I just like i said i just want to go through that list because it was released earlier today so we're gonna jump to ring of honor it is the road to final battle december 11th 2021 final battle biggest show of the year in baltimore um, this TV show did not reflect the fact that we are on the road to final battle um, But certain things did happen at the very end So this show has started off with an ROH World Tag Team Championship match As La Facción Ingobernable, Kenny King and Dragon Lee Your champs went up against uh, SOS of Shane Taylor Promotions, Moses and Khan um, To no one's surprise, La Facción Ingo Vernable won. But dude, SOS, they're so freaking good. This is a very, very fun, fast paced match. Went just under 14 minutes. I really like this. But again, the result was just known from the get go.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it kind of feels like that. But hey, these things happen in wrestling. Like sometimes, like, you know what I mean? Not everything could be a main event match. That's uh we have been singing the praises of the SOS for a long time around these parts. So I'm glad to hear that they're still continuing to impress. Yep. So I would
0: give this match three uh, uh, handshakes out of five. Um, so, yeah, that that's that.
1: Fair enough. All right.
0: Then the main event was the Foundation, Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham, Red Titus, and Tracy Williams versus Eli Ism, Taylor Rust, Joe Keys, and the world-famous Cheeseburger.
1: The world famous C B.
0: Yep. So this match I don't understand the point of this match. It seemed very random. But then I remembered. All of these wrestlers are in the pure division. Um you know, so as the entrances were coming, as the entrances were happening, uh the the team of uh Eliism, Russ, Keys, and C B, um, you know, they basically said that their motivation was Jay Lethal's promo from the pay-per-view about pure wrestling and the and the history of the pure division and the love of that division etc 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 but this match went 17 minutes the foundation won once again the the result not surprising whatsoever but here we are fun little match
1: Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like a solid little match and any dose of the world famous CB is good. Good with me here at BAM. I think that guy is tremendously underrated.
0: You know who's really underrated? Taylor Rust.
1: Yeah, he's, a, as they say, a good hand, but that feels more insulting than a compliment. He is a great wrestler. He's really, really good at this.
0: Yep, so after the match, we saw a promo that showed Vinny Marzeglia wearing a blast crown, talking about pure wrestling and the pure division. So there we go. It looks like we finally have a new contender for the pure championship. Um, And also, you know, now we have a clear road for La Faccion King and Lee to face (sighs) the original kingdom, Ben and Taven, at final battle. Uh, your boys my boys man i just want you know what you know what the perfect trios would be uh if uh cora jade were to join them
1: <laughs> trey baxter in the ogk managed by cora jade squashing legato in two minutes
0: <laughs> They, it, it would happen it would happen <laughs> it would happen so next week oh. We have three matches already announced: Rhett Titus versus Tony Deppen, Jay Lethal versus Homicide, which I think is going to be fantastic. And we have Chris Dickinson and Brody King versus Jonathan Gresham and Tracy Williams. Jay Lethal
1: versus Homicide, 2008 called once its main event back. <laughs> snark, snark. No, I'm just kidding. I'm actually that sounds dope. I would watch that. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, it's it's fun times right there in ROH. Again, overall this show. I don't know. It just didn't feel like it was on the road to final battle. I know we still have like a month and a half to it, but I feel like we should really start getting a better picture of what the matches are going to be. And I feel like overall this, this show just really didn't develop too much.
1: Just killing time. Just killing time. It kind of sounded like.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to MLW because we now are on the road to their big November 6th show in Philadelphia. Um, It is their war chamber match. Uh, So that match is actually going to be um, Alex Hammerstone's team. So Team Hammerstone versus Contra. That's essentially what they're building towards
1: uh interesting i i I don't know the war games concept it was very exciting for a long time because it was new but i do kind of feel like we've hit our fill of war games matches now as wrestling fans i don't think it's as exciting and shocking as it was even like five years ago you know i think uh i think we're okay i think we're good with war games matches agreed agreed 100 percent um but you know i gotta say so
0: watching mlw i'm really loving the cesar duran story um you know they're basically You know, they're highlighting how shady of a past he's had, and how he's had shady deals, and how he's a shady character, and they're really trying to use Alicia atute a lot with this, so that's been a lot of fun. Um, So, you know, that story is being told week over week, and now they're kind of hinting at this allegiance of Cesar Duran and Contra.
1: That's uh man, Cesar Duran is such an incredible performer. He's honestly like a better version of Eric Bischoff, who himself was a great performer too. But Duran is a special talent in terms of mic skills and delivery, and he's so great.
0: Yep exactly and also so the Opera Cup is going on and the matches Have been pretty fun I'm going to quickly Talk about them um, but next Week's show is actually going To feature a match that I'm really looking Forward to and that's your favorite Wrestler Bobby Fish going up Against <laughs> Lee Moriarty
1: The uh, Insurrectionist Bobby Fish
0: Yep yep um, So that, that's that's really cool I'm really liking the Opera Cup now there is one thing on MLW, which I just don't get. I don't understand why they're even giving this person any airtime whatsoever. And that's their teasing an Enzo appearance.
1: Enzo Amore. So you're anti-Enzo? You're out on Enzo? I just don't
0: care about him enough. And I don't think he's going to fit yeah. in MLW.
1: There, I think he was, I don't know. I think he was a good promo. And like his, like alleged, the, the alleged things that happened I, I were not, true right like he's not a, he's not an actual criminal he's just kind of an idiot yeah, I he's believe more of an so. idiot. he's more of an <laughs> idiot than anything else Um but yeah I but think it's... it'd be okay to see Enzo get a chance again on on a, on a major stage although minor major league wrestling is very much minor league unfortunately but it's a stage it is a stage so I, I kind of I'm okay with this I kind of hope he gets in there and kills it
0: yeah what's interesting though is um What's his, uh, I don't know It's. I really don't know what I think about him At the end of the day So one thing I did want to bring up about MLW Is their production I know it's an independent production I have the same issues With Ring of Honor In terms of the look and the feel And the camera quality and stuff like that And the darkness of the stadiums But my issue is more on the production TV side They're trying Watching an MLW show is so entertaining the matches are fun the matches are pretty good for the most part they're ha- they have very entertaining stories and progression of stories they do a great job with wrestling stories but it feels <laughs> like i'm playing a wwe 2k game you know you have the cuts of the angles constantly and then when something cool happens literally it's like replay um uh, last week tank man was facing lee moriarty and i honest to god every minute and a half replay
1: oh wow yeah so i haven't been watching mlw but i haven't seen too much of it in my life but i do enjoy the bit that i see so i'm kind of disappointed to hear that it seems like yeah they're getting a little busy on the on the production side of things yep exactly so yeah So that's that's been going on. So you know, I think the things
0: I really want to highlight. So from the October 13th show, the opening round match of the Opera Cup, we saw Tom Lawler um, versus Davey Richards. That's the must-watch match from the October uh, 13th edition of MLW Alpha Fusion. Um, Such a good match very fun match uh davy richards pulls off the upset victory over tom lawler um i would give this match three and three quarters um something
1: (laughs) court powers yeah three and three quarters people's courts um (laughs) man that that's awesome love some filthy tom he's great at this And, uh, yeah, Davey Richards on the comeback trail. It's exciting to see him back in the wrestling world having some good matches. That's dope. Uh, Right on. Yeah.
0: And then this week we saw Calvin Tankman versus Matt Cross. Again, another fun little match. Calvin Tankman seems to be getting quite the push. He did beat Lee Moriarty last week. He won this week against Matt Cross. Tankman now advances to the semifinals of the Opera
1: Cup. Calvin Tankman, huge dude. He is indeed a tank man. Interesting.
0: Yep. And then also we saw um, the main event, saw the Caribbean Championship, your champion, Richard Holiday. After getting jumped at the start of the show, he comes back um, and he faces King Muertes. Alicia Toot and Cesar Duran were sitting at ringside because, again, the whole contra stuff is, seems to be going on and really overpowering the show. Maybe a little too much. It seems like you know. You remember like 1997, 1998 WCW when every single angle involved NWO.
1: Yeah, that's what this yeah, feels definitely.
0: like. It's a little too that's much. That's
1: so no good. A little too yeah. much contra. A little bit of overkill, and they're not exactly the NWO either. Like the NWO, at least were entertaining and had stars.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so we have a new Caribbean champion, King Muertes beat Rich Holiday. So that was that. Those were the two shows that I wanted to kind of touch on.
1: Nice. Well, yeah, Major League Wrestling hanging in there. I do love some King Muertes. That's cool.
0: Yep. All right, we are now going to move on to Impact. But, Matt, as we talk some Impact, it's only appropriate for us to bring their number one fan or their one fan. I don't know what to say sometimes. And that is Slam Wrestling's Bob Kapoor. Bob, thank you for coming on BAM.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I don't know if I'm, you know, I I was remarking uh, to someone the other day, you know, Impact Wrestling, through its, you know, TNA roots and up to today, it's actually doubled the length of time that ECW existed. Yep. Double it. yeah, so 20 years versus a 10-year run for ECW. And it's kind of remarkable, right? It's like the engine, little engine that could. It keeps on going. It flies under the radar, but they put on, you know, I still think some some very good product. Yeah, you know,
0: honestly, it's just like uh, Michael Corleone. Right when you think it's gone, they pull you back in. Like, it just, it's always around. There's always a revival. It's a company that just chugs along and keeps going. And I can't believe that next year we're celebrating 20 years of TNA slash Impact slash whatever you want to call it,
1: yeah, absolutely crazy. It's like you said, yeah, the uh, the little engine that could is—it's one way to put it for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just gonna quickly run through this card, just matches one through eight, and then uh, after I'm done, Bob, you tell you tell us what match you are most looking forward to. Um, so we have the tournament final for the intergender six way. Uh, Impact Digital Media Championship is coming. Uh, sorry, the Impact Digital Media Championship is the belt. It is an intergender six-way match. John Schuyler versus Crazy Steve versus Falaba versus Jordan Grace versus Chelsea Green versus Tennille Dashwood. Very interesting match on the pre-show. We have the good brothers of Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson versus Finn Juice or the Bullet Club in a tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team titles. We have Violent by Design, which is Eric Young, Diener, or Joe Doring versus Heath and a partner to be announced in a tag team match. We also have for the Impact Knockouts tag team titles, Decay, Havoc, and Rosemary. Love some Rosemary here in Toronto. Versus the Inspiration, the former Iconics, Cassie Lee and Jessica McGay. We have for the X Division title, a three-way match, Trey Miguel versus Steve Macklin versus LP, El Fantasmo. Excited for that one. We have a Call Your Shot gauntlet match, which is something of a Royal Rumble type concept. The winner receives a trophy and a contract that they can invoke anytime within the next calendar year for a championship match of their choosing. We have announced for that Rich Swan, Brian Myers, Moose, W. Morrissey, Chris Saban, and a bunch of other guys, I'm sure. Uh, and then we kind of have a double main event here, I feel. Singles match for the Impact Knockouts title. Deonna Perrazzo versus Mickey James. Really strong match there. And the real main event, the actual main event, Impact World title. Option C, Josh Alexander versus Christian
2: Cage. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty stacked card. You know, this is their biggest show of the year as they like to build Bound for Glory. So it's not surprising that uh, everyone's, you know, everyone's going to be on it. Uh, you know, either through um, the, the matches or the, the gauntlet match. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, you know, the ones I'm looking forward to, you asked, I, I think both the, the World Championship match and the Knockouts uh, Championship match are the ones I'm really looking forward to. Um, of the undercard, I suppose the one I'm intrigued by is the Knockouts Tag Team Championship match. And that's really just because I love the... Uh, you know, the inspiration, as they're called now, the former WWE Iconics, uh, I think they're a great pair. I think that they were really, they should not have been let go from WWE. I think it was a, a bad decision to let them go because I think those two had great potential, particularly for a division that's that's hurting for tag teams. And uh, I think this is a good move for them, or for Impact, to pick them up. And I assume that they're going to win the championship. It doesn't make any sense if they don't.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'll be very shocked like, you know, it's and, and and you know, but sometimes bringing in new talent, especially someone so fresh with so much hype, you have to give him the belt day one, which, you know, can lead to other issues, but You know, I think it's the right move at the end of the day. Um, Personally, I'm actually looking forward to the X Division Championship match. You know, my boy, Trey Miguel, the other must-see kid uh, versus Steve Macklin and Al Fantasmo. Like, that, to me, is going to be a fantastic match. Um, Really looking forward to this one. But I want to ask you, the Impact Digital Media Championship, what is this all about for our listeners who have no idea?
2: Well, I think it's really, it's a way to help plug the new YouTube subscription service that they have. And I guess to, to some extent, the Impact Plus streaming service that Impact has had. But they've moved, they're, they're no longer airing on Twitch. So now if you want to watch them online, it's through one of those services. So I believe it's really a way to, to promote that. I personally, am not a big fan of that type of title. I don't think that, number one, I don't think that Impact has a roster that's large enough to support that many titles, like another singles title, doesn't make a lot of sense. I did like the, you know, intergender aspect of it to some degree. I, you know, I, I, if I had to pick a winner, I'd say Tenniel Dashwood, the gimmick and the character that she has, which is all about, you know, influencing, makes sense for her to win. But it wouldn't surprise me, given Chelsea Green's husband and uh, his success in these types of things for for them to, uh, to put on Chelsea Green. As well as so I, I, think one of the women wins it. Though one of those two, but my money's on Chelsea. Yeah, same
0: here. Chelsea Green, I think, is going to win just because of Matt Cardona' uh, influence there and literal influence in terms of his social media presence and just the way that he's been able to just completely reinvent himself. Like I don't know if you guys saw, but like their the hate that both of them got at the last GCW show was absolutely phenomenal to watch.
2: Yeah, and I've never been a big fan of his. I mean, I couldn't stand him in WWE. I'm not really a big fan of him in Impact, but I did like the stuff that he did in GCW, just because it was so different from his normal persona. And he really embraced the hate to you know to nuclear levels. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, All right, let's focus on two matches because I think these two matches have had probably the best story, not only in Impact but some of the best stories in wrestling. period over the past calendar year and we're going to start with the knockout championship match diana peraza and mickey james this match was really starting to get set up over the summer they had the respect angle going then obviously diana peraza uh, turned on her and now they're going to fight each other on saturday um you know like diana peraza has been champion for over a year what do you think is going to happen? Will this cement her as one of the best knockout champions, or are they going to give it to Mickey James?
2: Well, I don't think that uh, she has to be cemented as one of the best knockout champions. I think she's already there. I, you know, she's had a tremendous year. She's fantastic in the ring, and I know this is another case where impact flies under the radar. The fact that more people don't know about Diana, and it's a shame that the, you know, forbidden doors. Being open with AEW have not given her an opportunity to be seen on a, you know, by a a larger audience because I think she is a real, um, it's just a just a phenom in in the in the female division in any company right now. I, I don't think that she should lose the title. I like Mickey James, but at this point in Mickey's career, she should be helping women, younger women, make their own like carve out their own legacies. So yeah. I I think it would be a disservice for Diana to lose it to Mickey who again number one isn't with the company full-time uh number two it, it just seems like a it would it would be done just for the sake of doing a title switch but I don't think that uh, it should happen
0: yeah unfortunately you know it's one of those things where like you know it's it, it, may, it would make sense for diana Praza to win she should win but we are talking about impact and i'm not trying to like make fun of them but you know they have questionable booking at times just for the sake of it and i you know that's the only thing that worries me but i'd say over the past you know 12 to 18 months impact has been booked Fairly well, you know, fairly straightforward, fairly logical. So I feel fairly confident that Deanna Peraza will win. But honestly, the, the build-up and the story to this match is going to be great. And I just want more eyes on Diana Peraza. Like, she is such a fantastic, phenomenal talent. Um, so, you know, hopefully, like you said, and I know you've complained about this on the SNME boards and the slam boards and other places. And that is that the Forbidden Door needs to include more women because more eyes need to be on some of the talent talent especially like Diana Prazo.
2: yeah the only reason I could see them trying to mix it up number one you know Mickey is as if in terms of impact her history there is is pretty remarkable so they might do that just as a you know a nostalgia pop the other thing is Deanna's beaten everybody in the in the division there's really no one who poses a challenge to her even perceptually there's no one who can pose a challenge to her so they might put it on Mickey just to shake things up a little bit but then what do you do with Deanna that's the problem
0: yeah that's exactly it, but I have a theory going with into this match, and you you triggered that theory when you said that she's beaten everybody um so I do believe that she will diana praza will win, and I do believe that the forbidden door will be opened um you know, after the match, I can see someone making an appearance to challenge Diana Prazo. Someone like, uh, you know, the NWA women's champion. You know, like, it's a, a hirsch. Like, I can see something major happening like that at this point.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it. I, again, uh, the more eyes on her, I think, the better for women's wrestling in general.
0: Sorry, and I meant Camille. So, Camille's the current champion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I can see something like that happening. But, yeah, you know, I'm very interested in this match. But we've talked about this over IMs, we've talked about this in some other places, and that is maybe the best story, not only in Impact, but all of wrestling, is the booking and the build-up to Josh Alexander's world title shot. I'm really looking forward to this match.
2: Yeah, and and you guys are, I believe, Toronto-based, so you've seen Josh Alexander, as I have, from... I'd say, you know, I've been watching him from relative infancy in terms of his wrestling career yeah. and the journey he's been on in real life, right? With the, you know, the neck injury and retirement and to see what he's done, transform himself physically, uh, mentally, I think emotionally, yeah. just the, the man and then the person and the professional wrestler that he is today is just, um, it's just makes me overwhelmingly happy for him. Uh, cause I, you know, I know Josh personally and just a real good guy. And to see what he's done in, in impact has been phenomenal because he's one of those guys who they gave him the opportunity to run with the ball. And by God, he has run with that ball. Uh, the story, like you said, you know, the transition, cause when he came to impact, he was partnered with uh, Ethan page uh, as part of the North and they had great tag team success, but then you know, when, when Paige left to, to go to AEW, uh, Josh, the singles career he's carved out for himself, the way he's elevated the X Division, the matches he's had, boy, has he earned this title opportunity.
0: Yeah, just to think that just a few years ago he wasn't even allowed to travel in the U.S. Like, it's crazy to see, like you said, how all the adversity that he's really come over just to get to this point. And, you know, this is the... Josh Alexander's crowning show. Like, uh, th- 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 this has to be it,
2: don't you think? Oh, absolutely, 100%. This is th- there's no better time, there's no better way to to finish this chapter of that story than, you know, and I wouldn't say climax because I think he's got far more ahead of him than he has behind him. But in terms of the telling this story, it's the right way to end it is, is a win. And I will say this, it's got to be a clean win, right? I'm afraid, and this is, my fear is that Somehow, the elite or someone from AEW who Christian's been feuding with there will get involved and you know cost Christian the victory, which I think would uh diminish the the significance of, of Alexander's win. So, I'm hoping they do the right thing, have him pin Christian one, two, three, or submit him right in the middle of the ring. I agree 100%. Yeah, it
1: should uh, it should be a really good match if nothing else. Two awesome wrestlers, two good Canadian boys. Christian Cage and Josh Alexander. Very, very excited for that one. I'm just looking at this call your shot gauntlet match with so many 15 competitors at this moment to be announced. Do you think we're going to get a big surprise? Could this be Braun? Could this be Bray? Could it be even a buddy Murphy, somebody, or, or are we just going to get maybe some legends or how do you think they're going to handle
2: these to be announced competitors? Well, I think it'll be a good combination of all three. I think I wouldn't surprise me for this to be an intergender match too, just to put everyone else who is not on the card on the card. I think that this is where you'll see a debut, and you know if it's Braun Strowman or I think he might be going by Titan, uh, that this would be a a a great way to to introduce him. Uh, Particularly, I think it's W. Morrissey, right? I'd like to see him square off against W. Morrissey because two big giant, uh, you know mountain um, like real life men mountain men yes. uh, in terms of their size uh, particularly compared to the rest of the roster so i think that this is a good way to do it i always have a thing and then you know i've talked about this on the SNme board as well where you have an, a battle royal where you have this type of match with surprise entrance and then someone huge comes in and they don't win i want to see uh if if, if uh, Strowman or titan does come in i'd like to see him actually win and and Make him yeah, this is a threat. I'm coming in and I'm a big deal.
0: Yeah, look at how well AEW handled Ruby Soho's debut, right? Like it it it, it, it works. Putting someone over on their first night just works sometimes.
2: And you know, and I think you, you use it sparingly, but when you do it, uh it you know, not to uh, you know perfect figure the pun, but it's gotta make an impact.
0: Yeah, I love it. Hey. Love it. And on that <laughs> note, I think We are going to move on to some more wrestling chatter, but Bob, Bob Kapoor, thank you so much for joining us, talking some impact. Uh, It's Bound for Glory this Saturday, October 23rd, pay-per-view fight, anywhere you will be able to watch it. I will be watching, we'll be watching, we'll be chatting about it next week. Bob, thank you so much.
2: And Thanks, guys, for having me. Don't forget, it's a 10 p.m. Eastern start, so it's uh, three hours or two hours later than normal, but uh, I'll be there, and uh, you can follow the coverage after the fact on slam wrestling.net and uh, thanks guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Always welcome Bob. All right. I just want to thank Bob for joining us. That was a lot of fun.
0: Bountiful glory, Matt. I got to admit, I'm a little excited for it.
1: Oh, nice man. That's good. I'll, I'll, hey man, I, I'm not going to make fun of you, but uh, I am silently judging. No, I'm just kidding. Of course I'm excited for it too, man. Christian cage versus Josh Alexander. Are you kidding me? It's going to be great.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to watch it live, but, I'm going to (laughs) watch it eventually.
1: (laughs) It's a late start. It's a late start. Yeah. I'm going to watch that match, the main event for sure. And you let me know if there's anything else worth watching, buddy. I might check out the Royal Rumble thing.
0: Always. All right. Now it's time for the main event. New Japan Pro Wrestling. The climax of the G1 Climax. Man. Oh, man. We had some interesting shows over the past week. But the finals like you said at the start the wrestling gods giveth the wrestling gods taketh away
1: yeah man it's just it's so so crazy so, like a roller coaster of emotions this G1 started with an injury to Tetsuya Naito and it ends with an injury to Kota Ibushi we see the big the dramatic unannounced return of katsuyori shibata in in a wrestling ring katsuyori shibata himself is almost a shakespearean tragedy of pro wrestling a man who went out on his shield a man who died by the hand of his own sword literally in the wrestling ring almost he almost died in the fucking ring boris this is yeah it was just a a crazy few days for new japan so uh, we're gonna get into the final three. G1 Climax shows, we're not even going to go through the, the whole show today, just to touch on a couple matches, but let's start with G1 Climax A Block Final, it is night 17 from October 18th, 2021. The first match of the G1 uh, here was Ishii versus Yano, Tomohiro Ishii versus Toru Yano, both men come in mathematically eliminated, uh, Ishii 5-3, Yano 4-4. Four and four. Yano pins Tomohiro Ishii in this match with a backslide in 11 minutes and 8 seconds. uh, uh. Ishii remains incredible as a worker. Fun match for what it was. But why was it what it was?
0: I have no idea. I had zero time for this match.
1: At this stage of the game, I completely understand that. But I go back to what I was talking about last week, my friend.
0: And that is how you can make the G1 more interesting at the end because I found myself really having a hard time watching these shows outside of the two finals of the two blocks and the actual finals this morning.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I, I For some reason, I enjoyed the night uh, 17 more than 18. I was feeling that burnout a lot uh, during night 18. But yeah, so our next match, I actually kind of thought this was pretty clever. IWGP heavyweight champion Shingo Takagi versus the Tokyo Pimps Yujiro Takahashi. Shingo wins the group with a uh, a win in this match, and he needed Zack Sabre and Kota Ibushi to lose, and Shingo would win the group. Uh, Yujiro was, for all intents and purposes, in last place coming into this thing. You'd think on paper it would be a crushing but Shingo and Yujiro go to a double count out draw, Boris, in 13 minutes and 36 seconds. And I actually quite like the finishing stretch where that led to the double count out. Yep,
0: yep. It was okay in the grand scheme of things. That was whatever it was what it was. Um, you know, they tried to add some drama here. But I just don't feel like the, it just, it worked.
1: I, 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 That's fair. I do think it kind of worked. Uh, not to like a great extent or anything. I would go three, uh, three New Japan climaxes out of five. 60 percent climax percentage on this one. I thought it was, it was pretty solid. You know. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. All right. Next up, Tangaloa versus Zack Saber Jr. So Zack Saber Jr. wins uh, the group with a W and a loss from Kenta, uh, or a W here and a draw from the uh, Kenta versus Kota abushi. Match. So uh, basically, uh, it shook down. So if Zack Saber Jr. were to have won this match, it would have been impossible for Kocha Ibushi to win the block. So knowing that coming in, kind of telegraphed the finish to this one. And uh, unfortunately, Tangelo pins Zack Saber Jr. with a roll up reversal in 17 minutes and 31 seconds.
0: This pissed me off. <laughs>
1: I understand. And, and, and I, and I don't want to ta- I don't want to
0: take anything away from Tangaloa. I think him and Tomatanga have had an amazing G one, but at this stage in the game I just feel like Zack Zaber Jr. should have been beaten by, you know, more of a Boston Red Sox or New York Yankees as opposed to Baltimore Orioles
1: type. I Ressa. understand. I understand. But Kangaloa at least is having a really, really, really strong tournament. He is now a player in New Japan. I think he's a really like he's shown that he can have good matches with the with the best wrestlers at least, which is good enough in New Japan. That's all you need. Question:
0: Do you yes. put Gorillas of Destiny back together or do you let them have good
1: singles runs? I think at this point, split them up for a bit anyway. It doesn't have to be forever. But yeah, split them up. Let them see if they can fly on their own, Boris. But um Yeah, so I thought this was a strong match overall. We're going to go three and three quarter climaxes out of five, 75%. Uh, But yeah, I was just uh, sad for Zack Sabre Jr. in the moment. But seeing how the G1 final actually shook out and what they gave Zack Sabre Jr. to do on that show, you know, it kind of worked out for the best.
0: You know, I kind of feel like this was, okay, you're not going to win the tournament, but you're going to get this.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, So the main event of night 17, the A-block final, Kota Ibushi versus Kenta. So it shook down at this moment that with Sabre Jr.'s loss and Shingo's tie, this was winner goes on, basically. The winner of this match will win the block and move on to the final. Um, So yeah, the story of this match was, it was kind of interesting in a meta sort of way, but it's not the kind of thing you need to actually go out and watch then, you know? Kenta came in saying he doesn't want to have a good match. He wants to just beat Kota Ibushi in the cheesiest way possible. He just wants the win. And Chris Charlton on commentary actually said the words. He's using the WCW-NWO revenge strategy Boris, which is not something you ever want to hear in a main event. He's just trying to win with a cheesy countout. So this was an interesting match, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a good match, you know? Yeah.
0: Yep. 100%. Get it.
1: Kota Ibushi pins Kenta with the Kemogoye in 26 minutes and 16 seconds. You couldn't call it bad, but I wouldn't call it good. So we're going Mendoza line, two and a half, 50% for the A block final here. And Kota Ibushi moves on by way of his win over Kenta here. Kota Ibushi, seven and two, 14 points, wins the G1 climax A block. Yep.
0: Yep. Once this happened, once I saw Bushi win, I kind of knew how the other block was going to go.
1: Yeah, you kind of saw it exactly like playing out exactly in front of your eyes. I, I kind of see I saw it in slow motion as soon as the show was laid out the way it was with Zack Sabre Jr. I didn't think Kenta was going to win the group. I was hoping Sabre would, but here we are. Yep. Here we are. Next up, we have the G1 Climax B-Block Final, Boris Night 18 from Wednesday morning, October 20th, 2021. First match, Yoshihashi versus Chase. Chase Owens. This is about as average as a New Japan match has ever been or could possibly be. Yoshihashi wins with Karma, which is his pump handle half Nelson driver. Eight minutes, 27 seconds. At least they were in and out. I almost want to rate it above average just for that uh, fact alone. But uh, it was an average New Japan match. Mendoza line two and a half out of five. Yep, agreed. Next match. Oh, my God. Okay, Hiroki Goto versus Tamatanga. Both guys mathematically eliminated, but Tamatanga is coming off by far the biggest win of his career over Kazuchika Okada in the fucking G1 Climax. He beat Okada in the G1.
0: Yeah, but, you know. That's fine. And Chase Owens beat uh, Tenahashi.
1: So what? <laughs> yes. So what? Exactly. Not only that, Boris, Goto is 6 and 0 lifetime versus Tamatanga in singles matches. 6 and 0. Yep. So I'm pretty sure Tamatanga could have won this one. You know, they could have, Goto could have afforded the loss. At this so point, of yeah. course. Of course, Goto pins Tamatanga with a roll up in 15 19. You know
0: what's funny? Every single story, except for the Okada redemption. Okada redemption, I should say. Um, that we've predicted, we've gone completely wrong.
1: <laughs> uh, it's, this is twice now, man, that someone wins the biggest match of their entire career and then immediately loses to Hiroki Goto. Yeah. That's <laughs> twice they did that so they, they did this in this exact same tournament. Yep. Frig off. If goto goes three and six, he goto finished three and six. If Goto goes one and eight instead. It doesn't change a thing about New Japan wrestling. It just kind of makes those two guys stronger. And it makes Goto more interesting because he's got something to fight for. He's got to prove that he's, you know, better than this.
0: The unfortunate part, Matt, is that they've essentially told us who cares about the undercard.
1: ah, uh, uh, yeah. And so we will continue to not care. Um but yeah, so a, a good match with a terrible cop out finish. Three climaxes out of five. Ah, uh, Goto did not need this win. Exactly. Um, next up, we have Tanahashi versus Tai Chi. This was very interesting. They flipped the script on me. Did not see this match layout coming. Tanahashi worked heel, working over the ribs of uh, Tai Chi. Plucky baby face who fights back, shows fighting spirit, and out-wrestles Tanahashi to pit him with the guido clutch in 14 minutes and 58 seconds.
0: Yeah, this match was actually quite entertaining in the grand scheme of things. But again, I was taken away for this match. I got to say I was more on my on my on my mobile device than I was watching this match.
1: Yeah, this one actually did kind of hook me because I didn't see the layout coming. I love heel Tanahashi. It's like when John Cena like creeps up uh, with that heel line like when he yeah. worked against Rob Van Dam and ECW. Sometimes he'll work more of a bad guy style and uh that's always a treat.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Especially against such a fan favor, a cult
1: Fan favorite. <laughs> you uh, you said it, buddy. Um, okay. So next up, we had Sonata versus Evil. Arg, uh, both guys mathematically eliminated. I did actually enjoy the start of this. Evil tried to ring the bell and forfeit, so Sonata ran out there and, and dragged him back into the ring, and then they went 17 minutes, and Evil won anyway. Lots of weapons, lots of distractions, just the typical evil, no, uh, I just, I couldn't, I just can't do it anymore with evil. It's just the same thing every time.
0: Two things about this match. Number one, you see one evil match, you've seen them all, and there's nothing evil about it. It's a lot of BS, a lot of weapons, a lot of ref interference, a lot of ref bullshit, just bullshit in general. Number two, these two are arguably the worst performers in the tournament, and they gave them 17 minutes.
1: That's harsh on Sonata, but I yeah, uh, they're 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 the two performers in the tournament that I have the least amount of time for at okay. this moment. So, you know yeah. what? I'm,
0: I shouldn't say worst performers, but I just don't care about them in general. Like most they, boring acts. Yes, but worst acts. Let's let's say that. Yeah, let's say that I, I hate saying performer. I hate making fun of certain people's wrestling skills because look at us. Um, so, yes, the worst acts um, and, and yeah, it's just ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. Like they need to, you know, just evil needs to leave Bullet Club or Sonata needs to join them and they need to become a tag team again because like these guys as singles for me. They're just not working. Um, you know, Sonata had a great run a couple years ago, especially Um, when he faced okada but who doesn't have a good match against okada Um, and evil i don't know he just he just hasn't worked in the grand scheme of things for me Um, and i think that naito was the one who really really helped him
1: absolutely yeah and i i think sonata would do well in the states i think that's kind of where he should be focusing maybe is going across the pond and, and trying something new i don't know but yeah uh in a vacuum, this match wasn't that bad. On the Dave Meltzer scale, is probably like around three stars. At this stage of the game, between two people who are mathematically eliminated, this felt like a colossal waste of our time on this precious earth. Boris, Agreed. I'm going two two climaxes out of five, slight fail. Yep,
0: I'm gonna call this match the Joe Aguinaldo uh, surprise, just because I know he. I know Joe. Just go out and watch this match. Just, just, just enjoy all 18 minutes of it.
1: <laughs> oh boy. All right, next up we had the best match we're talking about on the program today, Boris. Kazuchko Okada versus Jeff Cobb, B block final. Winner of this match wins their half of the G1. Jeff Cobb 8 0, Okada 7 1. Let's go.
0: All right. All right. All right. Where do we yeah. start with this match? This match was unbelievable. This match, you know, I kind of feel like we were talking about this earlier. Okada, he's the Ronnie Dangerfield of New Japan right now because he doesn't get any respect anymore.
1: No respect, no regard either, Boris. And
0: I feel like we who follow it closer, we obviously do respect. But I've seen in certain circles where people, honestly, that's why I call Kazusuka Okada okada reigns after roman reigns because he's the people are just bored of him people think he's been at top for too long yada 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 um you know there's a lot of reasons why a lot of people just like i don't want to say don't like him but are bored of him um but this match should remind everyone that aside from tanahashi he is the ace of new japan for this generation
1: I think he's the best choice to face Shingo at Wrestle Kingdom. I think he was the best choice to win this G one. I called it from you from the get go. You did. I said he was going to win. I thought he. I thought. I thought he was going to. And uh, I'm glad he is, man. I I think this is the right choice. I, I think he's incredible. I think he's become underrated because he's become slept on. He's like. Uh, he's like a LeBron James or even a Kevin Durant or uh, to some extent a McDavid. But I think we appreciate McDavid in Canada. But he is. So good that we can't we can't see we're we're too close to the elephant we can't see how brilliant this man is
0: yeah agreed 100 percent but here's here 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 let's have this conversation right now I believe that New Japan is putting themselves in a very interesting particular situation that could hurt them in the long run and I, I don't want again I don't want to take anything away from Okada I think that the redemption story that they're going to tell between now and Wrestle Kingdom is going to be great. Um, After we talk about the finals, I want to talk about his post-match comments Because he made some very interesting post-match comments That I know is going to affect Wrestle Kingdom So, here's the thing though I'm happy that Okada won the grand scheme of things I think, like you said, he was the best choice We got the redemption story But, you had the opportunity to build new stars in New Japan Pro Wrestling That's something that the pandemic has really hurt New Japan for. And you had Zack Saber Jr. on probably some of the best matches of his career. And you had Jeff Cobb giving probably the best performance in G1 in years. Eight and one, eight and one, the man went. Not only did he go eight and one, but he was able to just have fantastic matches. I would say that at least seven of those matches were four plus stars
1: uh that that's uh, i forget i would have to go through it i don't know if it's that many but yeah man he's he's really really good and i oh uh, it's just very it, it just sad how uh they they don't seem to want to take risks and the one time they did take a risk and try to risk it all to elevate someone up the card it was evil that's the one person that they do actually push their chips behind i just don't understand
0: yeah, like there's certain people that they put their chips behind all the all the bread in the basket, as I'll say, and it just doesn't work out for me or the, a lot of the fans. But then you have these natural worldwide stars in Jeff Cobb, in Zack Saber Jr., and you're not giving them the opportunity to sign. And I don't know. I just feel like in a few years, New Japan, even in a few months, in a year from now, New Japan's gonna be in a weird situation where it's like, what? Who's next? Who's like? Yeah, where do I we think- go from here? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about this. And I honestly feel like they had the golden goose opportunity right now to create new stars, to have a fresh face going into Wrestle Kingdom. Like, are they afraid of putting Zack Sabre or Jeff Cobb against Shingo as the main event of
1: Wrestle Kingdom? afraid maybe is not the right word but yes in a nutshell yes Uh, the short answer is yes i think so i think uh, go with go with okada i think this redemption story if they're telling it properly has to end with okada winning the title at wrestle kingdom i think that's what's gonna happen he
0: has to he will 100 percent and like i said i'm gonna talk about his comments post g1 finals when we get there so let's move on let's get to the finals let's talk about this this emotional roller coaster i haven't had so many emotions since the last breakup i've had
1: <laughs> yeah definitely i just to uh dot the i and cross the T caught pin's cob with the rainmaker in 23 23 minutes 35 seconds wins the b block four and a quarter star match at least boris uh four and a quarter climaxes out of five 85 percent it's a solid a we'll be talking about it again in the best 121 of 121 list, I'm sure. Yep, 100%. 100%. All right. so, so yeah, G1 Climax Final. It was this morning, October 21st, 2021. Uh, two matches we really need to touch on. Uh, the first, there was a five-minute exhibition. Zach Sabre Jr. came out after, uh, after commercial, after not commercial, after intermission. Zach Sabre Jr. came out. Rocking some, uh, rocking some interesting shorts, uh, not his typical gear, and then Katseyora Shibata's uh, theme starts up. Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton lose their mind. Like, what, what's going on? Why is, why is Shibata coming out? Why is that Shibata's theme? And then he's dressed to wrestle, which they lose their mind uh, uh, over more, and. Katsumaru Shibata makes his dramatic return to the ring. Boris has a wrestling match, a exhibition, they called it, a UWFI rules exhibition with Zack Sabre Jr. And they had a five-minute grappling match unannounced at the G1 Climax Final.
0: I Climaxed a little.
1: (laughs) The Boris Climax Final. No, this was crazy. I... I, I can see now this cynical wrestling fan is going to say, why wouldn't they advertise Shibata's first match in years? But I can see two reasons for it. One, they didn't know if it would be good. They didn't want to over-promise and under-deliver. And two, they wanted to help r- remind you and help kind of train new viewers that the G1 Climax Final is special. It's a huge event, and crazy shit is going to happen on it.
0: Yep, 100%. 100%. Man, I want to see... The ultimate take-care-of-your-opponent match. (laughs) Brian Danielson against Shibata.
1: Yeah, man. I think it's going to happen in some form, even if they do another like grappling exhibition like this. I do think we're going to see Danielson and Shibata do something somewhere down the line. But it's very interesting. So Shibata, they go to a draw. Nobody wins. Shibata gets on the microphone and says, the next time you will see me, it will be in a match. And he takes a flat-back bump. So it seems like Shabbat is back. It seems like he's healthy and he's going to do this.
0: Yeah, he's been training the wrestlers in the uh, the L.A. dojos. So, you know, he's obviously taking bumps. He's moving around more. But I don't know. He's like one of the guys where I just cringe every time he does. He moves his head like I'm talking from someone who has had countless numbers of concussions. Like I should not play sports ever again Um, type of number of concussions I've had. Right. So. And I know the headaches I get,
1: but I've never had a cracked skull, you know. Yeah, right. That's absolutely insane. A yeah, severe hematoma. He almost died, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just just absolutely insane. But yeah, it's such a feel good moment, and I hope they handle his uh, you know return with care, and I hope he's okay. But yeah, it was a it was a very nice moment, and a complete and total shock.
0: Yep. So that was the feel good moment of the night. Let's talk about like another a very emotional, but on the opposite side of the spectrum part of the night. Yeah,
1: so we can't bury the lead. The G one climax final was A block winner Abushi Kota Abushi versus B block B block winner Kazuchika Okada, and the match ended via ref stoppage because Abushi apparently broke his arm. Is that the official injury? Yep.
2: Yep.
0: He broke his arm.
1: Broke his arm. So he was hitting a Phoenix Splash. And he hit the ground like a sack of bricks, and it just goes to remind us all how how crazy, dangerous wrestling is. How much we should appreciate these performers for risking their health night in and night out. How how like how awesome the the uh, the, the stunts they pull off are, man. And the how slim the margin of error is because so much can go wrong on everything they do.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But that's the thing. Like, it's it's a stark reminder of literally any move that these guys do can injure people.
1: Anyway, yeah, man. It's a curse to G1, though. The curse to G1 comes to an end. It started with an injury, and it ends with an injury. ended by some uh, pretty bad accidents. And, uh, well, I, I guess Naito's wasn't an accident so much as... But it kind of seemed like he tweaked it on a specific spot in that match. That's neither here nor there. This was a banger of a match before the incident. You know, but it's it's a really really hard wrestling match to rate in the traditional sense, and it's almost stupid to even try. But yeah. that that's what we do, so we're gonna do it. i just I would say it was probably three and a half, and it was getting to, it was getting to be way better. But uh, you know, you could call it bad, but yeah, we'll go three and a half climaxes out of five for this final. Yep. And uh, you just feel so bad for Kota Ibushi, man. Like a broken arm could put him out probably easily. It could put him out past uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Although I bet he's back. It's I bet he fights.
0: He'll be back by November.
1: (laughs) Sadly, I think you're right. But, uh, man, uh, it was gearing up to be an incredible match. And it wasn't like a Sid-style injury. It wasn't this disgusting, like, uh, blooper that you're going to see for years. It was kind of like, oh, wow, how did that happen? But he hit the ground so hard that I believe it. You know what I
0: mean? 100%. All right. So, Okada, after the match, had some very brash comments. And this is where I won't really wanted to end the show. He said he was the real IWGP heavyweight champion and that winning the G1 means you challenge for the IWGP heavyweight title and not the IWGP world heavyweight title. So obviously this is a bit of a knock towards Shingo Takaki, who is your world heavyweight champ, your IWGP world heavyweight champ. Um and uh you know and, and this is also brings Will Osprey into the mix because what did we talk about in our first G1 review show Okada wins enter stage right Will Osprey
1: yeah i can totally see it i think that kind of puts puts the, that all together in a box just waiting to be delivered on january 4th i think you're to something buddy but uh yeah, that's very interesting. I hope that they scrap this idea of like a new title lineage and go back to the previous, embrace their history as it were.
0: Yeah, agreed 100%. Agreed 100%. Um, but yeah, so what's interesting here is like I said, uh, hopefully they can bring in Will Ospreay for Wrestle Kingdom, do something there. Remember, Wrestle Kingdom this year is three nights. It's the 4th, the 5th, and the 7th or 8th. It's a, It's a weird, there's a gap in the middle.
1: That's interesting. I actually, I didn't know that there's, I, I actually completely missed that. So that is crazy. That's a little, we're going to see how that ends up. It'll yep. be very interesting to see those three shows. Um, Yeah. So thank you very much to anyone who stuck out this G1 coverage. It was a blast. I think we're going to probably hopefully make it a yearly thing. We'll see. It's a lot to take on, but I really do enjoy watching the G1. Um, So yeah, we, I think we'll, I think we'll do it again next year. Uh, Next week on BAM, though, this is the first time in five weeks, Boris, that there ain't no G1 to talk about. But I do have a gimmick ready uh, if we want to spill the beans on that. Spill the beans. We're going to go top ten matches in Halloween Havoc history because, uh, you know... It's the spooky season, and WWE Halloween Havoc will be a couple days uh, will be a couple days removed from that. Uh, it's possible that a match sneaks into that top ten for match show, but I don't I don't think we're in any danger of that happening, Boris.
0: Braun Breaker with two Ks versus Tamasa Champa, five star classic. Calling yeah, it now. it could
1: be. It could be breaker rules. But yeah, we'll be back next week with some more NFL talk. A little bit of a World Series preview, I'm sure. Or uh, perhaps we'll be talking about how the Dodgers are up 3-0 already.
0: Yeah, you never know what the hell's going to happen with those (laughs) freaking Dodgers.
1: But yeah, thank you everyone for
0: listening. Uh, Obviously, you know, you go back and listen to NXT talk. This show was probably... Uh, Probably the best one of NXT 2.0 that we've seen Um, You know, tomorrow we are going to get the Smack Daddies Actually, later today, if you're listening on the SNME patron feed Or if you're a freeloader, you're going to get the Crown Jewel review From your Smack Daddies in your podcast catcher Um, And then on Saturday, you're going to also get the Smack Daddies Smackdown review the Old Fox Rampage Review, and on Sunday, you are getting the Old Fox coming back talking some dynamite.
1: Oh, so much going on here at SNME Radio and in the wrestling world at large, and uh, thank you very much for keeping it locked here. And also,
0: one last thing before we go next week it is NXT Talks one year anniversary it's halloween havoc it will be the free show for the week so tune in i think we're gonna have some fun i might have some surprises in store for everyone and matt
1: he's i'm excited hopefully hopefully we can do that one in person homie i'll grab a couple beers i'm matt he's boris yeah yeah yeah